Hey, my loves, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Feel Your Cup podcast. I am Nikki J, and I am so excited that you all decided to tune in and take some time for yourself. You all are definitely in for a, a treat. During this episode, we will be speaking with Bex Leon, who is here to teach us about interdependence and community care and how we can start to implement these ideas within our own lives to really help to create a different world that we're living in and really take care of ourselves and those around us. So get your pens and your pads and your your notes apps on your phones out because it's a lot of information that you may want to take down. Also, I do want to express or share a disclaimer. There were a few instances during the podcast where I misgendered Bex. Bex clearly stated um, their pronouns at the beginning of the podcast, and it was honestly a slip of the tongue, but I still have to hold myself accountable and one, apologize to Bex and the listeners, and two, make sure that I convey the message that the Fear Cup podcast is an inclusive space for all folks to come and share their experiences. And we want to make sure that uh, we respect each other um, here in this space. So I did want to hold myself accountable and let you all, the listeners, know that that happened during the podcast. But with that being said, <laughs> um, I am so, so, so excited for you all to give this first episode a listen. So listen, head on to the kitchen. Grab your cup, fill it with your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and let's get into this interview. All right. Hey, my loves. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Fill Your Cup podcast. And I would like to introduce our amazing guest, this individual, one of the most dynamic individuals I have ever come across that I've ever had in my life um, here to our show. Definitely a, a person that you all are going to love. Intelligent, brilliant, out here doing the work. Just phenomenal person. I would like to welcome Bex. Bex, welcome. Hey. Oh my God, that was a really sweet introduction. <laughs> but it's really good to be here. I'm so excited to, to talk with you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. And um, I appreciate it. And I know the listeners are going to appreciate all of the knowledge you're going to drop on us today. <laughs> right. And pour into our cups because I know we all need it. Yes. Yes. So before we get started, before we really dive in, why don't you share with us what, uh, what you're sipping on? What, what's in your cup yes. this evening? Yes, so first I want to describe my cup because it's really pretty. It is oh. a mug that my friend made for me, and it is, um, so it's clay, and it has the the bottom layer is, like, kind of, um, I guess it was, like, it's all ridged. It looks very mountainy, and then the top part is um, kind of, like, white and blue, a little bit abstract. So it definitely looks like mountain in sky, and it's like one of my favorite cups. And inside my cup, I have some plum wine, some omishu, um, which is like a classic Japanese drink, um, and one of my favorite wines because I love sweet drinks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I can pretend I'm fancy and really I just I just like sugar. <laughs> it's only fancy if you sip with your pinky up. I'm just saying. Uh, that is not happening. <laughs> I'm in a mug. I have both my hands around it. <laughs> yes, you better hug that mug. I'm not mad. <laughs> I am not mad. By the way, I I did get a bottle of plum wine on your recommendation and I tried a little bit the other night and it's really good. Oh my God. Mm. And it's super strong. Like, yeah, it is very strong. Yes. I was like, ooh, okay. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And that cup sounds amazing. You said your friend made that for you? Yes. Yeah. That's that sounds really it sounds really pretty. Um just to let y'all know. Okay, my cup isn't as fabulous, okay, as Bex's <laughs> cup. Um, my cup is made courtesy of Target. Thank you, Target. <laughs> but it is a uh, short white uh, mug. On the mug, it says stay grounded. That's why I really love this mug, because it has a great message to stay grounded. And I am sipping on a little lavender honey chamomile tea. So, Ooh, yeah. It is. It's really good. It's my evening tea, and I usually have yeah. it before bed. But uh, I was like, you know what? I, I can have a cup <laughs> early. Why not? You know, yeah, so. it's, also, it's before bed. Yeah, kind of, sorta. Yeah, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> that is eventually going to happen. <laughs> eventually, exactly. We just, we just, you know, we're preparing early. So yes. Well, Bex, thank you so much for for joining us and giving us an opportunity to really learn about you and the ways that you have been filling your cup um, during these crazy times. Um, And speaking of crazy times, I like to do a check-in with my guests and make sure that, you know, my guests are doing okay. So how have you been holding up during these uncertain times? Yeah, it's, um, this week is going a little bit better. (laughs) It's been rough. I think that's pretty common for everyone. I feel like Whenever I'm in a meeting, I'll be like, how are you? And I feel like it's an important question now, but it's also a terrible question. And I'm just mm-hmm. always like, should I be asking this or not? Um, but just like asking that to my friends or whatever. Um, and I think for myself, this has been, it's been hard. Obviously, we have a whole pandemic happening right now. Um, and then we also have, the uprising that's going on here in the U.S. And then on top of that, for myself, I've been unemployed for a little over a year, um, just dealing with really ableist employers and then had to move recently in the middle of the pandemic (laughs) because um, of a terrible landlord. And then um, also recently, lost my pet um I had a bunny so it's been hard it's been rough I feel like 2020 is the year when everything like every time I'm like this is getting it's it's getting better and then <laughs> and then 2020 happens again <laughs> it's like nope 2020, it's 2020. <laughs> the the it's like it's like uh June was crazy and then July says oh no hold my beer like- exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> All the way since like January too. I we were I was driving with my friend the other day. We saw this we saw this car 
so broken down somehow still driving along the road we were like what is going on with that car and i was like you know what happened to that car 2020 happened to that car <laughs> I was like december 31st 2019 that was a brand new car <laughs> but 2020 came and it was just now it's exactly. hanging on by a thread oh my exactly. god that's how i feel that's how oh i feel like god. Still making it down the road, pretty broken down. Listen, <laughs> we are all that car right now, okay? Exactly. <laughs> just holding on, like we still here, but we just yeah, holding exactly. on by a thread. Still making still it rolling. somehow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. Now, how like how fitting is that for you to even like see that and just be able to make that analogy? Like this, this, this car <laughs> represents our whole year. Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. But I'm glad to hear that, you know, you are doing better and that, you know, your move has been successful and you're kind of easing into things. Um, That's really good to hear. So um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Let us get to know who you are, what you do, just anything that you feel comfortable sharing with, with us. Definitely. So I am a queer Latinx disabled person I consider myself very disabled is the term I use for myself Um, I'm blind but I also have a lot of other disabilities happening something always happens and I'm like oh I can't do that and people will assume it's because I'm blind and I'm like no it's um this this other (laughs) this other thing um and so very disabled also um gender fluid. I consider myself gender cyclical. I feel like my gender kind of flows throughout different seasons and different Mm -hmm. moon cycles and different times of the day. It just really seems to have its own cycle itself. Yeah. Um, And then I'm also polyamorous. I have a lot of hoes out here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am so glad I did not take a sip of my tea at that moment. But um, I probably would have just just ruined my computer screen. Like, <laughs> oh, come on, yes. Look. That was just relapse. I have a lot of people that I'm in relationships with, and I care and love them, and they care and love me. So. <laughs> talking about this i just want to put that out there that we may have to have you back on to tell us how you fill your cup when it comes to relationships okay because these are conversations that need to be had how can we start exploring relationships outside of this heteronormative oh my gosh okay i don't want to get off topic though so i'm sorry i'll be quiet (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's very true and especially as a disabled person there's a lot of these thoughts around polyamory that are like, well, you can't be polyamorous because that's just too much energy. And the, the thing for me is that there's also so much energy that's actually like poured into me because mm. of this. So it very much does go with this filling, filling your cup idea. Yes. Um, yeah. So I am also um, Boricua, which is a way of saying a Puerto Rican person who is displaced in the U.S., and trying to get in touch with those roots, um, specifically through witchery. So uh, I do a lot of like brujeria, um, just like uh, 
magic practices, mm. um, trying to connect with my Puerto Rican roots, specifically as someone who's displaced. Um, so yeah, I think that's a little bit, oh, and I guess um, I studied social work. I have so many critiques of social work <laughs> um, as a as a field, but I also really deeply appreciate a lot of the things I've learned throughout my time in social work, specifically from folks who are really critiquing critiquing the field and learning to do radical care work outside of outside of the nonprofit industrial complex. Um, mm-hmm. So that is a little bit about me. Yes. Well, listen, we are here for it. Okay. Bex be out here on her witchy shit. Bex <laughs> be out here with all these holes <laughs> and doing social work and just, you know, all these different identities. I think it's beautiful. And you said, you know, you seem very confident in, and you, you know, and just, um yeah just kind of knowing who you are and and really kind of representing like this is me authentically and this is <laughs> I, I appreciate that we love to see it over here at the fill your cup podcast yes yeah, so um <laughs> thank you for that thank you for sharing yeah one quick thing that i did forget to say so i use uh they them pronouns or faith them fair yes. as my pronouns thank uh, you for that so- Yes, definitely. Thank you for that. So they, them, and then can you repeat? So faith and fair. Faith and fair. F-A-E-F-E-M-M-E-F-A-E-R. And it's said and used just like they, them, there. Um, Well, just with an F instead, (laughs) like pronounced (laughs) similarly, the vowels and everything. Thank you for that. See, we are, listen. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, y'all better be out here taking notes okay because i'm telling you bex is about to she bex is already they is already out here teaching us so y'all better yeah. be willing to learn all right um so let's get into it so let's talk a little bit about the reason that you're you're here and you know one of the the reasons for this podcast was to really focus on ways that we can start to take care of ourselves um, outside of this capitalistic lens of you know like when we when we hear I feel like self care is this this buzzword that everyone's using now right like it's oh my gosh I have okay I did not mean to go off into that voice y'all forgive me but <laughs> <laughs> no you can do your basic white voice that's fine <laughs> go ahead. Okay, okay. What? Oh, I'm terrible. Okay. Um, what? And you aren't better. You like encourage it. I swear. I was. I do. <laughs> I fully encourage this. Fully. <laughs> um, but we we have this idea that self-care has to look a certain way. So it's about pampering yourself and getting the nails done and the hair done and going to a spa and getting the massages and sitting in a tub with bubbles and all the candles. And while these things are great, don't get me wrong, because we all enjoy partaking in, you know, these activities. I think they somewhat send off a message that self-care has to one, look a certain way and two, only be accessible for folks who can 
access those things, like can afford those things. And that's clearly not the case. Um, and so, you know, we want to really start to examine what it looks like to take care of ourselves outside of those, you know, those things that we're seeing kind of pushed upon us. There, you know, self-care is a spectrum and there are many ways to partake in these practices. And so Bex, I want to ask you, how is it that you fill your cup? You know, what are you doing to make sure that you take care of yourself during these crazy times? Definitely. Yeah. So I have also been thinking so much about self-care specifically during this time, but it's also been something I've, I've thought about for a while um, in relationship to social work and in relation to trauma-informed care, where people are always talking about being trauma-informed for clients, but organizations are never trauma-informed for their employees. And so I've been thinking about that while also holding in mind this idea of self-care being revolutionary, like um, Audre Lorde says, mm -hmm. caring for myself is not an act of self-indulgence, it is self-preservation and that's an act of political warfare. Mm. Um, and so how do we reconcile that? And I think something that has been really important for me specifically through this time period is developing networks of community that really care for me and that I care for people that I love and care for and that are interested in creating liberation with me. Um, and that can be so many different things because liberation is this idea of getting outside of, outside of capitalism as well. It's getting outside of this idea of valuing ourselves only for what we can produce. So sometimes that means resting with your community and sometimes it means creating beauty with your community and all of those different ideas. So I think specifically during this time period, just reaching out to community. I know I've had so many folks who have been there for me in really meaningful, radical ways during this time. And that can be something like going to a part of town that has something that I can't access and driving there with their car and picking that up and bringing that over. Mm. And it can mean just spending time being quiet on the phone and like grieving for things that are being lost during this time period. It can be so many different things. And to me, that is, that is self-care. Um, even though it's, it's not a, about being completely by myself and it's not about doing it on my own. I really appreciate that perspective of looking at community. Being raised in the U.S., we really focus on this idea of individualism, right? Like mm -hmm. outside of our families, when we get to a certain age, it's like, all right, you're yeah. 18, going out there in the world, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're not, a lot of us are not really taught that, hey, you know, it takes community to really, you know, work through these things and kind of like mm. have, you know, so you have these support systems so that you're able to function or, or maybe we, ha you know, some, some cultures do have that, but I feel like the way that America presents 
this idea of chasing the American dream, it's, it doesn't really send that message. It doesn't convey that message that you need others to get where you're going. So how do you think these individualistic attitudes that we've had, you know, kind of growing up here in the States, how do you think that's impacted us during this time of, of COVID? Well, first, I just want to talk about this, just this idea of like the American dream and how we think that we're, we're independent. And I know this is something that's really has disabled people. So much pressure is put on us to be as independent as possible. Um, and a lot of times to I feel like my own detriment where I'll be like, I can do this by myself <laughs> and other people are that's not necessary. You don't mm. have to, we can be there for you. You don't have to put in this extra energy <laughs> to do this uh, by yourself. Not that it's not good to have skills and talents and all of that. That's totally important. But I think there is, I've heard it called the illusion of independence mm -hmm. uh, that we have here in the U.S. and I think in many places, but specifically, it's very obvious to me in the U.S. where it's this idea that we specifically rich, white, able people are independent of, of others. And that's not true. In fact, obviously, the American dream was built off of things like slavery and off of extreme exploitation of a lot of folks literally stealing people's land, all of that. None of that was something that these people in power created, but yet they are able to project this idea of themselves being independent and that everyone needs to try to be independent like they are. Mm. Um, so just kind of troubling that idea of like, what is independence and what is it to be individualistic? And um, why, why have we been told that we need to be that all our lives? And how can we be different? And so, yeah, I think specifically during this time period, during COVID, we've seen this come up through uh, people movements that have been really ignoring the needs of disabled folks, um, movements to open back up a lot of times, things like that, where we're not depending on each other to create sustainability in the time of a pandemic. Instead, we're saying we have to do it this way. And the only way to do it is by sacrificing disabled people and elderly folks and people who are marginalized and vulnerable and will not receive the care that they need. Oh, you said a mouthful there. Um, <laughs> you did. And it's really sad that that is our way of thinking as a, as a collective that we have to sacrifice lives and people to be able to move forward versus less yeah. really work to care for each other to get through this. Um, yeah. Someone said, I was listening to um, a podcast a few months ago, like when um, the pandemic first really kicked off and the woman said something about what I do to myself affects, you know, my neighbor. And mm -hmm. that really resonated with me because mm -hmm. it is like that, that is so true, you know, especially, and yeah. I think this pandemic highlights that, like, you literally cannot 
everything you do right now, it has a consequence and yes. subsequently can affect those who are close to you or those who aren't. Mm-hmm. So we really have to be strategic and smart and compassionate and, and really think about, mm-hmm. you know, what we do and how we engage because one decision we make could affect, you know, the person who lives next door to us or down the street yeah. or the person who lives in our house. So, um, or the person who's, who we will get the bed in the hospital and they won't mm. like that. That's the sort of, yeah. Yeah. There's just so many ripples. You're, you're definitely right. Like the decisions we're making when we try to do it on our own, it's still, it's still affecting other people. So you talk about interdependence and community care. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what do those mean? Because I know some folks may be unfamiliar with those terms of like yeah, interdependence. What's, what does that mean, community care? Yeah. Uh, so I became familiar with the term interdependence. Actually, both of these terms I became familiar with through disability justice, mm-hmm. Um, And the disability justice movement was created by disabled queer folks of color primarily. Uh, And it was really intended to center those folks. So the most marginalized folks and get away from some of the rights only based um, portions of the disability movement, which were centering white folks in a lot of ways. So interdependence is this idea that we don't have to be independent, that we can create networks in which we share resources with each other and are there for each other in the ways that we can be. And it's this idea that if we create these networks, they will be able to sustain us they will be able to sustain us outside of the state, um, outside of like the capitalist frameworks that we have currently. So that is very connected to community care, which is just this idea of uh, caring for those within your community, getting outside of this idea of self-care being you have to be the one responsible for caring for yourself all of the time. And you have to do this so that you can be healthy enough to be there um, and to be present, but instead saying we can all care for each other. And I know with interdependence specifically, when I was introduced to it, I was a little bit anxious about it because I had been really steeped in this idea of independence, not Mm -hmm. only from growing up in the U.S., which is just going to steep you in that anyway, but also as a disabled person who was always fighting to be seen as autonomous Mm -hmm. and so always trying to say, no, I am independent. I don't need this as a way of pushing back against um, folks who are not respecting me as an autonomous 
being. So I was very concerned about this idea of interdependence. I was like, what is this? And I also <laughs> grew up in a very codependent family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, when I first heard interdependent, I was like, is this just another way of saying codependent? Like, <laughs> like I just got out of that. Like, I'm worried. <laughs> like, I don't, can't go back. Can't, can't, can't backpedal. <laughs> like, none of that. None of that. Baby. Yeah, so it really has been radical to learn the difference between these ideas of interdependence and the idea of codependency and um, just dependence as a term itself, but really recognizing interdependence as this idea of all of us having needs that can only be filled by other people and not, not specific other people where I say, look, Nikki, if you don't come through for me, I'm going to just fall apart. Like my head's going to fall off. It's like everything's going to, it's not going to work. But really being able to say there's so many people in this community. um, And I know that I can reach out to folks when I need something Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to have those needs, which can only be filled by other people. So I think that's, that's really important aspect of it for myself at least understanding interdependence I hope it's helpful for other people wow I I love how you you really talked about how in the disability community there is this idea of we have to be independent and assert our autonomy because I think a lot of us in the disability community that's kind of we internalize that. And so, <laughs> you know, when we think about, you know, as, a, as someone who's blind, we'll just take, you know, this is a really simple example, right? Like mm-hmm. going across the street, standing at the corner, trying to hear traffic, someone comes up and it's like, hey, do you need help? And it's like, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go ahead and cross the street on my own. Even sometimes if you know, maybe, hey, I may need a little help, but it's like, having this idea of like, I need to be independent enough to do it. Um, But recognizing that it's okay to reach out to help. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you're not capable um, of doing something. It's just sometimes you, sometimes you need community, you need support. And I don't feel like that is talked enough or talked about enough in the disability community, because there is this idea that we just need to have this fierce independence, which I think is, it's, it's valid. It it is important. Yeah. But I think, I think at the end of the day, there is balance. Like we don't live on an Island. We can't do everything completely independent of our community of folks around us. So I'm really glad that you spoke about that because I do think we perpetuate this idea that as disabled folks, you know, we got to be completely independent and just, but at the same time, I think it's hard because people have these, you know, non-disabled folks have these ableist ideas of, (laughs) of folks, you know, of disabled folks. So then we, we're, it's it's a it's kind of a battle I want to say like you're it is ugh, like yeah. that's, so it's definitely this idea for me of like on one hand there is this infantilization of disabled folks where our our opinions about what our needs are are not respected mm. in any way um and 
this idea of anything that able folks do for us is this act of charity. And that mm. is not what interdependence is at all. Interdependence is about us all having needs and all depending on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't mean this at all as a way of saying like able-bodied folks, able folks generally don't have to check themselves <laughs> about this because <laughs> they do. They can't just go up like, I heard Bex say this thing about interdependence. So now I get to like, drag people across the street. <laughs> yes, make sure you put that disclaimer out there, y'all. Bex is not giving able folks or, or non-disabled folks the, 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 the green light, right? To come out here and just start. <laughs> As someone who has been dragged across the street plenty of times, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Please don't do this. Uh, but yes, this idea of interdependence being that we do all have needs and actually that's something that I think able folks really need to trouble for themselves is what are their needs and how are they reaching out about those Um, as well as within disabled communities thinking of these ideas of even teaching each other alternative techniques all of that is a form of interdependence Mm -hmm. all of that is a way that we are dependent on each other so it's not about being the most independent person in the world it is about sharing these skills sharing these um ideas and sharing our needs with each other and being able to fill those thank you i love that like (laughs) see the beautiful thing uh, you know with everything burning around us and i mean that literally and figuratively (laughs) Is we get we get to create a new world, right? Like mm-hmm. we get to, mm-hmm. to create this world that we want to see moving forward. Um, yeah. And this idea of interdependence and community care, I think, is something that's needed. Um, I love it. Um, yeah. So, with these ideas, how do you think folks can start to put them into praxis? within their own lives, in their own communities? Like what are some tangible ways folks can really start to, I don't know, put things into motion? Definitely. So I think right now there is this mutual aid is something that's being thrown around a lot. Um, And mutual aid is a con, something that is very it's a construct that's very connected to interdependence and community care but right now what is its meaning mostly is charity work um which is which is different um which is not about being interdependent so i think something that folks really need to do is look into their lives examine what it is that what it is that their needs are at this time and think about how to reach out to others to to create communities of care Mm. specific around those needs and then also around the needs of the folks in their network and I think something else that's really um, can be really important is creating a pod map Um, I did not make up this idea at all um, but pod maps are um basically the idea of like mapping out your network so what you do is you uh you could do this like uh physically like on a piece of paper or you could just do it um mentally but marking down like 
who are the folks who are in your inner circle? And then who are the folks in kind of consecutive circles around that? Um, and it, you can do it with like resources as well, um, but usually just like focusing on the folks and communities that are in that, that inner circle and then kind of maybe a couple circles outside of that going out. And I think being able to map that out and then map out what are my needs and how am I reaching out to people in my community to, to fill these needs is something mm -hmm. that can be really, really powerful. Um, so that's one idea. Another one is for folks who are having meetings with other folks, whether on Zoom, whether it's I mean, even work potentially can be a place where you can do this, um, creating like communities that care about each other, even in like workplaces, but also for any organizing, just for friend groups, having a time where you talk about what is your, what is like a need that you have and what is a resource that you can share. Um, oh, and I found yes. that to be very powerful and have been in so many circles where we went around and said, this is a need I have. This is something I can share. And folks were in that circle were like, whoa, that's something that like I can, I have as a resource that I would love to share with you. <laughs> um, and like, yeah. let's talk like right after this, I've even like had a friend who was like, wow, yeah, I really need uh, someone to watch my infant and I was like all I want in my life is like <laughs> for a baby like that's what I want <laughs> I was like can I please do that because I have been thinking about how I just like wanted time um with kids um like the week before and I was like that's something I would love to do and so just having those that time where you try to figure out ways of creating that community and sharing and resources and caring for each other um, and creating sustainable networks outside of capitalism, outside of the state um, can be really helpful. And of course that can reach in, like, we're not in a world where money is just gone. Sometimes that means like reaching out and asking for money. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it means paying someone for a service, but um just really being able to like create those those communities where we can be vulnerable about our needs um, and share our needs as well as share resources with each other. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> I love it, I love that. And oh my gosh, I really love that idea of the pod maps and kind yeah. of starting within and working your way out. Mm -hmm. Like that, wow. And yeah, so that started within transformative justice circles and has traveled into disability justice as well. I can't remember who originated it, but yeah. Super dope. And then even the circle, you know, of I, this is a resource I, you know, this is something I need and this is a resource I can share, you know, mm -hmm. because you just never know, you know, getting that circle together, you never know what you can gain and give in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like I am totally like, okay, I need to figure out how to start to like put this into practice within my own life. I love that. Um, yeah, we actually through that same sort of practice, we started um, when I was living in Nashville, we started a rideshare collective there and that came out of 
us doing this at a like an organizing event where we just went around and talked about needs and resources and there were several folks who were like I have a car like I can drive anywhere and there were other folks who were like I just need rides like to the doctor or to you know like a court hearing or like whatever it is um so yeah wow oh my gosh well all of these things I think are amazing ideas for folks to take back to their own communities and really start to implement them in their lives and just think it starts small but if we all start to really think in this mindset and put these things into practice how this can really spread throughout communities so i mean i encourage everyone who's listening to really take in these ideas and find ways to you know, where you can implement them in your life. I'm definitely going to really explore how I can do that. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> thank you. One thing I do just want to add briefly, because I always am about giving like shout outs to people with like yes. to people in communities that this came from, but um, definitely disability justice introduced me to a lot of these ideas. But also community care is something that's so common in communities of color. Um, and so I do just want to say like that has been going on in disabled communities and communities of color for a long time in mm. a lot of ways. Um, and so having um, these like terms and practices is super important, but also recognizing um, where this has been being done for a long time and pulling from those, um, pulling uh, like ideas from those communities to say, yes, we, we can continue this as a practice outside of white supremacy and outside mm. of capitalism. Yes, we love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> so, Bex, I really, oh my gosh, I, this was a this was such a great conversation. Like you really dropped some gems um, during this podcast and we appreciate you. So tell us, right? Cause you have poured into our cup. You shared all this great information. How can we pour into your cup? Drop the Venmo, the cash app, the PayPal, the Apple pay, um, drop your IG, your Facebook, whatever you want to share, because I want folks to be able to pour into you for coming and really educating us today about community care and interdependence. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so first, I think the way that something that would mean a lot to me is just people like taking this on and doing this in their communities. That would mean a lot. But outside of that, um, if you want to um, support me personally, my cash app is Bex Leon, so that's B-E-X-L-E-O-N, and my Venmo is also that, so it's at Bex Leon, um, pretty simple, and then my Instagram is on my Bex behavior. Yes, um, oh, that's so cute! <laughs> so on that's, my Bex behavior, <laughs> that is so dope. I'm, on yes, my I Bex, love it. <laughs> one word, and then underscore behavior, 
Um, and I poked about uh, brujeria on there, also a lot about community care, interdependence, disability justice, um, and then just some, you know, thirst traps and whatever. Cause Come on, thirst traps. <laughs> Let me find out you got an OnlyFans too. I, I will support. I wish I did. I've been thinking about it. Listen, <laughs> hey, me too. Me too. Times is hard. Times is hard. <laughs> so those of who are doing it on OnlyFans, y'all are everything. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and I will, um, for the listeners, I will make sure to drop all of the uh, information in the show notes so that way you all can access them as well with bex thank you it has been a pleasure i appreciate you so much um and i feel like it was such short notice so i really thank you for just like (laughs) coming on and having this conversation and really filling my cup and the listeners as well like i did not know how much i needed this until until it happened so thank honestly you. when you dropped into my text i was like this is the best i was so <laughs> excited i like told multiple people i was like oh my god we're gonna be talking about this and it's my friend she's so amazing so yeah i'm so excited that i got to be here for sure thank you as well for hosting being such a kind and lovely host oh thank you thank you um Oh my gosh, I was about to say something and it like slipped my mind. Oh my gosh, it was something. Oh my God, what was it? Oh, I can't even remember. I know it's going to come to me like as soon as <laughs> it ends, but... Um, if you need to like get me back on Zoom so you could be like... <laughs> oh no, 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 I know what it was. I definitely okay. am going to have you back down the road because oh. I want to talk about these hoes, okay? Yes. <laughs> I would love to come back and talk about polyamory. Yes. Um, and my experience of that, that would be amazing. Would be oh, fun. we're going to make it happen. Best <laughs> believe, because I'm sure the listeners don't act like y'all don't want to know. All right. Because we want to know <laughs> how this True. works. And you we really want to we wanna explore it in an ethical manner. Okay. We're not about yes. to be out here just, just being raggedy. No. Okay. <laughs> so... But yes, love, thank you so, so much. And I appreciate you. And just know whatever you need, we are here for you. So y'all be sure to um, pour in her cup. Okay, because she poured in ours. So, (laughs) but thank you, love. All right, have a good one. You too. Hey fam, so my cup is so full right now. That was a conversation I did not know I needed to have until it happened. And I hope you all have full cups as well. Bex definitely came through and poured so much into us um, during this first episode. And we want to be sure to thank Bex for all of the wonderful knowledge that she dropped throughout this podcast. So you all be sure to go and show some love to Bex. I'm going to be sure to drop the cash app, the Venmo and the IG in the show notes. Um, So you all be sure to pour into Bex. Um, the same way that Fee poured into us. Um, So until next time, my loves, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode. Any questions or ideas that you might want to see um, explored on the show, you can drop us a email at fillyourcuppod, that's F-I-L-L-U-R-P-O-D at gmail.com. All right, loves, remember, 
You can't fill the cups of others unless you fill your cups first. Peace.